everyone and welcome to this Northwest Young Fabian podcast. Uh, today we're joined by Climate Emergency Manchester uh, and we're going to be t- talking about uh, climate, COVID, how it's affected uh, the climate and how you can get involved um, in, in fighting for a, a greener future. Um, and Helen, is also our vice chair, is also here and she's going to be talking a br- briefly about uh, Bolton Climate Action. Um, so, first of all, I wanted to ask, can you tell us a bit about Climate uh, Emergency Manchester? What do you do? Um, yeah, so we are two core group members of Climate Emergency Manchester. We really exist to try and help connect concerned citizens with each other. And by doing that, we hope to get citizens uh, to help the city council in particular to take more radical and urgent local action on all manner of issues related to the climate crisis. Um, So how do you see the climate crisis evolving as a political issue? Um, And by this I mean obviously people are listening now and taking a lot more attention, uh, paying a lot more attention than they were previously, but how do you see that evolution going? Yeah, I'll answer that one. Um, I think we're seeing more and more evidence that these uh, issues are linked, so you can't necessarily differentiate climate change from coronavirus, from racism, from other sorts of uh, inequalities, and that sort of drives us as well, so that we're not necessarily fighting one group against another, whether it's environmental group versus some other type of campaign group or community group. Um, we have to start thinking of joined up solutions um, that aren't being played, you know, one group against another. And I'll just add something to what Adam said, I think he put it very well, is that we know that um, issues can have periods when they get more and less media attention, particularly national media attention. But because we're trying to build sort of thicker connections between citizens and civil society, we see it as something that's going to kind of be you know, outlast various kind of spikes of uh, journalist interest. Um, And what, from both of you, really interesting to hear, what do you think the government should be doing for a green recovery? Obviously, there's a lot of conversation around it at the minute, and it seems to be a buzzword, but for you guys in kind of practical terms and in Manchester, what does that mean to you guys? Well, I think one thing that we're trying to do um, at a local level is to kind of try and expose some of the gaps between kind of rhetoric, um, which in Manchester in particular is often, you know, it's quite shiny, there's promises and they usually come with um, quite a kind of you know, nicely illustrated glossy booklet. Um, so that sort of outward facing PR game with actually what's happening, um, even if that means quite sustained scrutiny on a on a sort of weekly and monthly basis of what's actually being done. And I think there's something similar happening um, at different local areas, but also in national areas around the country when there are slogans and buzzwords. Another one is of course kind of you know build back better. And I think what we'd be trying to do there is just sort of keep trying to measure up is what's being promised to what extent does that match with what's actually happening on the ground and being delivered 
Yeah, I think I'll add to that. I think, yeah, the, the rhetoric, as we see from national politics, is all wishful thinking. I think we see parallels sometimes at a local level as well, where there's a lot of wishful thinking, whereas um, there isn't necessarily the sorts of actions, even if they can't necessarily fund them at the moment, but they've got a grounded reality as to how large the challenge is for local authorities and what they could be demanding specifically from central government uh, so they can point out the reality check between what local government might be doing or what local government can do what central government need to fund um, to get anywhere near their sort of legally binding targets so for anyone interested in getting getting involved in climate emergency manchester what can they do we have uh, a website with uh, a list of projects that you can get involved in. Um, we aren't necessarily, we're, we're trying to be realistic with people's time. You know, we, as a group, most of us work full time. Um, so we understand the needs to balance different things out. Um, at the moment, our most sort of pressing uh, project is around a petition for a seventh scrutiny committee. Um, and we've just sort of created a sort of task force to try and get that finished off, which we need to get 4,000 signatures by November. How many signatures um, do you have? Just under 1,000, I yeah. think. Yeah. That's a good question. By the end of this podcast, we might, we might have 1,000 if, uh, if your listeners uh, sort of sign up or if you link it to a tweet. So, yeah, we're hovering around the 1,000 mark, which just for a bit of context, is already more than any other uh, kind of community or local group going through this particular petition system for Manchester City Council has done. So yeah, a long way to go, but um, I think we should have a bit of a celebration when we get to, when we get to a thousand. Um, yeah, I think we'll get the party poppers out, won't we? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, right, uh, yeah. then how scared that up, maybe, yeah, maybe balloons and then something stronger for the last last few milestones <laughs> yeah so anyone who lives works or studies in manchester city council's boundaries can sign so if you haven't signed already you guys then maybe you can push us over the thousand mark yeah we could definitely share it i think i signed it at, um there was like a manchester climate youth summit no people going around with clipboards and i think it's really interesting that you don't actually have to live in a manchester city council postcode you can just work in manchester because that's a lot of people that may think they wouldn't be able to sign or would be able to be involved yeah as long as you use your manchester address whether that's the work address or your uni address uh, or school address that that's fine it's uh and that's the only kind of barrier it doesn't matter how long you've lived there how long you've worked there um, just add something else about the petition because you asked us how people could get him involved. I think it's also quite a good example of what I'm going to kind of grandly call the model that we have in um, Climate Emergency Manchester, where there's all kind of manners of projects where people might just kind of come in, do a quite a set task, um, kind of learn something in, in, in the process, but it doesn't mean that they have to kind of become card carrying members or uh, be involved in every project that we do and I think that's that's worked quite well in the past because you know people have different levels of busyness different time commitments um, yeah so I, it's I mean it's always a work in progress um, we're always learning from each project um, that we do how to how to make it better and we always like to learn from what 
what those who've been involved tell us. Yeah, whether it goes to just sharing social media posts or, you know, um, it could be something very specific around graphic design or web design or could be some very specific knowledge you might have around the topic that we're interested in learning more about. Thank you. It's, it's really interesting learning about the different kind of avenues that people can take. Um, so a particular passion of mine is the Berry Climate Action Group because um, I'm in Berry and we do, we're like an offshoot of the Friends of the Earth um, organisation and we do a lot of campaigning and a lot of lobbying um, basically to try and get Berry Council to agree to a climate action plan um, which is set by Friends of the Earth to agree to set goals and <clears throat> actual achievable goals so how are you going to reach zero emissions and you know, how are you going to green your fleet and things like that. Um, but our work has really changed during the pandemic. So I just wanted to know what effect has kind of COVID had on your guys' organisation or the work you've done or has it had an effect? You know, doubt it's had a massive effect. Uh, it has had a massive effect. Um, it, you know, I think we were meeting in person before and sort of having meetings and we completely sort of flipped to everything was online, um, especially during lockdown. Um, but then we've sort of learned and adapted to those skills. So I think we are much more experienced at hosting and chairing and sort of facilitating online meetings than we ever were before. And um, I'd say one of the main challenges has really been around the petition and, you know, it's much easier to get signatures in person. Uh, than it is to get online because it's the system that we have to use through the council which has many different hurdles to you have to sort of jump through before you can actually uh, it, it counts it as a valid signature. But I think it's trying to make us be a bit more creative as well I mean because it is a situation that uh, you know some of the restrictions that are so clearly out of our hand we're trying to sort of think of like you know some slightly creative ways uh, we're still kind of experimenting with them so QR codes uh, you know for example where people we can put them in windows and scan from a distance so hopefully we'll come up with some kind of interesting ideas and you know like lots of stuff we'll do we'll kind of put it on our website in quite a kind of transparent way um, we do what are kind of not hopefully not too morbidly called post-mortems of things that we do. Um, be they kind of, you know, uh, an example was we, a recent report we did, a, we did around cycle lanes and um, I kind of interviewed the lead author. And we just, we just sort of put that up there for everyone to read as a blog post so that each time we do something, we kind of say, well, this is what we think went well, this is what we don't think we went well. And I think, I think there'll be several sort of, post-mortems of, of this and what we learned whatever the outcome and hopefully some ideas for you know other kinds of groups or campaigns who may have to do something similar around petitions or um, needing to collect signatures in some kind of era of restrictions or lockdown or social distancing. And have you seen I know for Barry something we've seen a hell of a lot in the past six months has been Kind of an increase in active travel for one um and also an increase in biodiversity obviously with parks not being maintained no one going out spraying and it's actually been really beautiful people have been walking more um so i'm wondering if you guys have, have also had that experience in your areas 
and if it kind of affects what you're doing because maybe more people are paying attention yeah we've um we've all sort of had that um at various points over the the kind of the past few months and sort of reflected on that as well um i think maybe there's now something even even harder or certainly more long term that's needed which is kind of translating some of those experiences and observations and reflections into kind of action that isn't that's going to be quite a long haul and going to have to see us through several more months including winter months and and more uncertainty so yeah it's like it's sort of translating that reflection into what we what we do next uh, along with others yeah definitely anecdotally there's been more people out you know i think with people working from home more, more people are actively going out for walks and you're more likely to go to a park or a green space rather than a, a busy road um it's been quite disappointing i, I live in Levenshume and our low traffic neighborhood scheme which was already started pre-covid this was already a community-led scheme from 2018 has been paused um for some time we don't necessarily know what's going to go on next um you know and this would have been perfect to sort of have sort of used covid to sort of accelerate it but it's actually slowed it down to uh, a standstill at the moment we don't know what's going to go on next uh, and i think there's a lot of the community want it there's some very vocal critics in the area um and the, but they seem to have the ear of the of the council at the moment not the people that want to uh, reduce air quality and actually make it easier for people to social distance and make active travel more integrated within everyday lives there was a lot of talk about halfway through the pandemic about money and funding coming for things like active travel so it's really interesting to learn that 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 kind of scheme has been paused rather than getting kind of the catalyst that you would think it would have sort of defies a bit of logic i don't understand i you know i think they're being very very cautious um and we what we always keep saying is we want bolder leadership uh, and we need councils to actually be those people that can intervene within potentially you know a disagreement within a community lead and say this is why we need to do this type of thing this is not going away this is going to happen we need to come together and create solutions rather than just creating toxic environments for social media to just fan the flames uh, which is what's happened in Levenshulme and from a scheme that every other area and ward in Manchester and potentially elsewhere we're looking to us as something where the community can take hold of something you know we're now seen as a parody of you know what can go wrong so it's really disappointing because we're such a we're a tight community and i think a lot of people want this so it's a lot of goodwill uh, and it's all sort of been burned at the moment sorry i'll just take the conversation back generally for, for everyone is how do, do you feel that uh, covid pre presents a really good opportunity um for, for for moving forward on climate uh, build, building back better or or do you think things will just return back to normal and that opportunity will be lost um whenever i'm presented with a question when there's kind of two options i always do an answer which is saying it's not it's not both but that really is true in this instance i think i think my view on it is that um covid shows that 
going forwards we can't just kind of deal with like you know one crisis at a time so at the moment we've got covid okay let's put all the other things to one side whilst we somehow kind of solve that the all the all the challenges we're going to face over the coming years are interlinked so what we're going to need are good sort of structures and networks that link us better together so that we can uh, deal with what are going to be these kind of multiple multi multifaceted challenges yeah so i think a good example is you know these solidarity networks or you know the sort of mutual help groups mutual aid groups that sort of sprung into action out of nowhere um you know that that sort of opportunity hasn't really been seized upon as like you know because we haven't everyone came together to try and help each other out during this sort of for early stages of the lockdown and you can see it with the nhs volunteers three quarters of a million people were willing to volunteer to help out the nhs and that was completely squandered because they didn't really know what to do with that upswell of goodwill and i think like uh, councils and other local authorities and even the central government really need to put in these structures to understand how to organize people to get together towards a common cause because you know they're going to have a huge amount of unemployment we're going to have huge issues with health going forward you know we've got this long covid we've got other issues we're going to have huge delays with um, you know appointments regular appointments regular routine appointments and treatments so we can't necessarily think just by pausing everything else it's not going away as chloe said before before march i didn't have a way apart from knocking on the door of kind of contacting most people in my local area i now you know like many people are in, are in a whatsapp group i would recognize them when they were walking in another street which i wouldn't have done um previously so it's not that i have to kind of be sending everybody in that group message every time but i have kind of different connections that um i would hope i could build upon in some way going forwards brilliant well, thank you great thanks for having us on bye, bye. 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 <laughs>